crazy that we live in a world that if you're super positive and super creative, that it's scary. So what does that tell you about the mentality of most people? If you're scared of like positivity and creativity. Real Talk. I'm your host, Spencer Coke. I'm an ATP. I'm joined, as always, by Dr. Robert Hand. Bobby, how we doing? Doing well. We have a special guest today. Nate is back in the building. Hey Nate Schwifty, Demoted to guest status. <laughs> <laughs> nope, just uh, special guest. Special reoccurring co-host. Special, special recurring co-host. <laughs> Welcome back, buddy. Glad to have you. Thanks. And we also have the real guest of the program today. Very special guest. It is Nicole Hillard. <laughs> She's an OT at Children Arms Hospital. And she just got back from a very exciting trip, so we wanted to have her on. Nicole, how are you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on. So why don't you tell all the people at home where you went and what you did? So I was in Latvia, a very small country in Eastern Europe, for two weeks. And the first week I was there, we were at a special, um, two different camps for special needs, um, disability camps. One was adults. And um, the second camp were children. And then the second week that I was there, I was at a camp for children with lots of trauma. Exposed to trauma in their environment, going through trauma themselves. A lot of things you shouldn't be going through at that young of an age, really any age. So heavy stuff. What was your your role in this? Like, how'd you hear about it? And were you there as an occupational therapist? Or what was that? Yeah, so the first... Uh, there's a ministry here in Richmond um, called Hope for Families, and it's linked with the ministry over in Latvia, and that's where it all started. Uh, and we do these camps for kids that are exposed to this trauma and really just take, the, it's Christian-based, so we take them out of their environment. We keep connections with them day in and day out when they're not at camp. We have really good follow-up with them through different organizations that we're partnered with. And they really just come to camp and learn to be a kid. Don't worry about what they go through and kind of get to forget it for a little bit of time. But during the camp, there's a lot of opportunity to talk about it and heal from that and how to heal and progress. Because when we send them on the bus to go back home, we know where they're going and we know where they're going back to. Yeah, I think we've talked about it a lot. It's uh, healthcare. You're doing more than just providing the physical or occupational therapy. It's also helping them cope with whatever mental problems are having at the same time and so i when i started volunteering with that organization here in richmond because we also do a camp for richmond and that's actually happening this coming week we take them out to a camp out near charlottesville and it's the inner city kiddos that are exposed to a lot so with the camp hope camp those kids are um, exposed to various types of trauma that is related to the side of the world that they live in and leftover Soviet Union government problems and the various different classes that these kids are born into and what and what what the family has what the family doesn't have so what's the age range for these kids when you were at camp my camp was five through 12 year olds but then the week before when I was at the disability camps were 13 through 18, give or take a few years here and there, because it's really hard for us to turn kids down when we know where they're coming from. Yeah, I get how that one works. Mm-hmm. The gray area. Yeah. 
Do they have to apply to come to you, or is it part of the ministry on that side? It's part of the ministry on that side. So that organization has people on ground day in and day out with those kids nonstop. They see them every single day. And very similar to how the Camp Hope in Richmond works, we are partnered with a lot of organizations in the city that provide us the kids to come to camp. So they have the after-school programs. They have the in-school programs. A lot of Churchill partnership has a lot of our kids. So let's go back to Latvia's camps for a second. What what exactly did you do there? How was it? How was traveling across the world? <laughs> yeah. That was fun. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't even remember how long the plane ride. I think it was eight hours to Germany, I think. So we left Dulles and then went to Germany. That was about eight hours. And then you were two hours from Frankfurt over to Riga, which is the capital of Latvia. And... Yeah, that's hard. That's hard traveling. That yeah, but far. you fit in the seat a lot better than <laughs> most of us. <laughs> this is true. But then the people that recline the seat the whole way back, they're like, oh, that person has little legs behind me. It's okay. I can go the whole way back. Ugh. And then I'm crushed. <laughs> but the flight wasn't that bad. It was all right. I don't sleep well on planes, so a little, mm. little rough landing. How was Latvia itself like without the camp, you know, touring yeah. it, seeing it? How was that? Very cool. I learned a lot about culture there. And this is a huge year for Latvian in general because it's 100 years con, um, of their freedom from when they were occupied back and forth with Russia and Germany. Mm. So culture, even if it wasn't their 100-year year of being free, you still see it in them, around them. They see, are see so what? proud, oh, okay. the culture. The pride, yeah. yeah. And it's very different from what I see here in America in a very i feel like because america is a melting pot we lose our identity with really who we are and our culture as a whole just just meshes together as it is it's a melting pot but over there when you are occupied and you don't have freedom for so many years at a length of time and someone's telling you the government and what to do day in and day out and you're on a waiting list to go to the market in Soviet time, that's a big difference. And I met a lot of people that were in that generation. So it's very, it was very eye-opening to see the difference of freedom and how they look at freedom compared to what we think is freedom too. So I was over there for the 4th of July and they were very upset that I wasn't able to be home for 4th of July, the one camp I was at. Yeah, you missed out on so many hot dogs and hamburgers. Right, yeah. yeah. You had <laughs> and to see fireworks for the 100th time. Yeah, and they have two different, like, Independence and Freedom Days. And the girl I was with, Katie, um, who's the missionary I was with for the first week, we got <laughs> we got in her car, and she had extra sparklers from the year before. And she's a OMP. So she has this Can torch. Can you explain that? She's an orthotist, prosthetist. And um, she, had a, she has a torch because she does her own fabrications and everything at one point out of the trunk of her car and now she has her own little office which i can talk about later but she, <laughs> she gets her torch out and we get our sparklers lit and we're in the parking lot of the camp <laughs> waving our sparklers around and some of the kids came over and and they speak english because they learn english and like as soon as they start going to school and uh they ask us like what are you doing what is that and we tell them it's our it's our independence day and you know they they respond really like wow you're here you're missing your independence day and you know i hate to say it but i don't know what it's like to not have my freedom and they do so that was it was a lot of 
that was that was interesting to see and just kind of grow in that aspect. Yeah, it brings you back. Yeah. I, I, um, I sent out a tweet the other day. It was something along the lines of like, can't believe in 2018 we're having to argue with Nazism and communism yeah. and that they're good things. Like, right. It's crazy when you hear from people who actually lived in it how yeah. repressive it actually yeah, is. And that's probably why they <coughs> don't have Twitter because it would just piss them off. Like <laughs> seeing the stuff that we have to tweet about here. Yeah, it's it's really sad. It's very sad. So when you were there on top of sparklers and helping out at camp and stuff, were you doing it in more of an OT role or more as a like a missionary volunteer? Um, more missionary volunteer work. So I was with Katie, who is who's she's been there for four years, and she's from Texas. She lives there. She lives there now. Yeah, um, she's from Texas, but she decided, you know, she works for a really big company here in the United States that we all work for or work with as a um, orthotic and prosthetic vendor and she just got to a point in her journey where she thought I need more and I need to be going where I'm getting called to go and do this so she um, had a long journey but she ended up getting there in four years it's been and she provides orthotics and prosthetics for the disability community and she also does adaptive fitness for them as well. So it's very comparable to, ironically, what you guys had last week when John was on and talking about um, NeuroFit. It's same kind of concept. She calls it parafit. <laughs> mm. And she's got a lot of really cool people helping out doing the exercises and she's training and doing that route. And then her other, the big portion of her ministry is really just building relations and connections with the Latvians, whether they're disability or not disability, that's that's big for her. But obviously her focus is with the disability as well. And so the first week I was with her and I landed in Riga and she picked me up in the parking lot and off we went. So I get in the car with a stranger, but... She's also right around my age. We clicked really well. She's got a lot of the same passions I have. We have so much in common, so it was not hard to build a relationship very, very quickly. And um, the first camp was the adults with disabilities, which was a lot of your neurological progressive diseases. And there's a, there's a woman there specifically that focuses on using your disability as a gift. And she did a really, really neat presentation for the rest of the camp to just don't let this be your your quote unquote pity story or I can't do this because I have a disability. You know, use it, use it well and see the beauty in it at the same time. And she's actually in the middle of getting a, her doctorate um, to further this education, not just for Latvia, but really all over the world to see the beauty in it and the benefits and then after that camp that was only about a day and a half then we went to the children's camp with disabilities and those are your general progressive disorders they're born with and a lot of the kids there were very very sweet very welcoming everybody in general was very welcoming they know you're here for a purpose to come and help them and at both camps, the reason Katie was being brought in was to help with any casting or um, kind of training for if they had AFOs, an ankle foot orthotic, if they had any AFOs, if they needed bracing, what can she do to keep following up with them? Um, so that was her primary role, coming in and helping them with any mobility, if they had mobility. 
Were you guys able to bring in some of the equipment with you or yes. did they bring it? Nope. We have it all because she is solely her own entity. Her ministry is called Design to Live. So she has all of her own P work. Like I said, she used to have it in the trunk of her car and she still has a lot of it in there, but she has an office now where she goes and actually does the casting and she can, she has um, 4D printing that a company from Germany, I believe it was Germany, um, gifted her. You know, very amazing equipment that she has been gifted because they see the need and they see what she's doing and they like what she's doing and people want to support her. And that's, I mean, that's a big part of being a missionary. You're getting supported by those who care for what you're doing and want to help in that aspect. And you in turn care for other, those other people. Right. That's crazy. That's awesome though. That's, yeah. That's incredible to hear. What's a 4D printer? Huge, instead of specific, um, like hands-on bracing, you scan it. And it does all 4D imaging. And then that transfers over to a computer and it does the actual print, quote unquote, for you. If you guys have any extra so input, feel like free. It prints the whole brace. It yeah, prints yeah. it. But like 3D printing, not 4D, right? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, same. Oh, okay. Just okay. extra dimension. Yeah. Where's uh, the extra dimension coming yeah. from? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah. Okay, got cool. it. Just wanted to clarify. That's awesome. That's really Is cool. it 3D? Maybe she only... No, I'm pretty sure there's 4D printing out there now. I don't know. I don't know either. That's why I was asking. So I couldn't tell you. (laughs) But that's awesome. Because those are not uh, easy to access. Pretty sure it's 4D. If not, I'm wrong and it's 3D. (laughs) (laughs) But I know it's a pretty... (laughs) It's sweet. Yeah. It's the same concept. Did you there? Plenty. I think we had six. I think we casted six. Yeah. How long were you there for? You said a day and a half. The, at camp, so the, the adults were a day and a half. Adults were a day and a half. Um, and the kids were th- about three and three days. Yeah. Six All right. So I fact checked you. I googled. <laughs> I googled how many D's in printing, and they said four dimensional printing. Hey, I'm pretty sure. Also, Katie, if I'm wrong, I'm really sorry. <laughs> nice. Also known as active origami, uses the same <laughs> techniques of 3D printing. However, 4D printing adds the dimensions of transformation over time. Man, oh, Wikipedia. Keep going. So it is therefore a type of programmable matter wherein after the fabrication process, the printed product reacts with parameters within the environment, like humidity, temperature, et cetera, and changes its form accordingly. So that makes a lot That's of sense crazy. with bracing yeah. that it's awesome. it's not just a rigid, brittle structure. Like right. it responds to movement and I am the pretty environment. positive it's 4D. Yeah, no, it definitely <laughs> 40 is. That's right. what I was saying. I'd yeah. never heard of it. Yeah. That's confirmed. So cool. Yeah. Need to get me one of them. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, man, I wish we could shout out that company that gifted it to her because yeah. that would be so cool. If I knew it, she told me, but it's, I'm pretty sure it's a yeah. company in Germany. Yeah. For any of our listeners back. that are <laughs> listening that know a German company <laughs> gifting 4D printers, comment below, please. <laughs> to Katie and Lafayette. <laughs> yeah. So that's awesome. What else did you do while you were there at the kids camp? Um, the kids camp was run really cool because they had the parents or grandparents, whoever the primary caregiver is, come with them. So they help with the morning and nightly routines, their their hygiene, bathing, dressing, all of that. But then during the day, we kind of had a buddy system. So each camper was paired up with a volunteer in the camp and we hung out, we did the activities together. We helped them as needed. The one little boy that I was buddied up with was pretty low tone with CP and Absolutely, did I take the opportunity and chances 
any like downtime, we were in the grass rolling and weight bearing and standing and all the f- all the regular therapy things you want to do with a kid with CP. So that was that was really fun to work with him in that aspect, knowing I'm doing I'm not doing therapy. No, I'm not providing any specific treatment. We're just hanging out in the grass, and I'm gonna do my thing on the side and give him some opportunity to weight bear and stand and do his own thing. I think this kind of stuff is so cool because. I mean, I met you through work, and yeah. we've got a couple other people at work that do these trips to the Dominican or Europe or, God, Molly's just flying back from South Africa yeah. right now. Yeah. So what makes you want to use your vacation time to go do work for free rather than go sit on a beach or... Purpose. My purpose, I have found in the last two years, one year solid of having that switch in my heart. Okay. You know, to be truthful, a year ago, um, I started questioning, is OT what I should be doing? I would much rather be off helping people that need help in various types of ways. And then I I slowly started seeing, no, I can do this. I love what I do. I love helping people. I can do this and still help them and serve them on a medical level. Because I know there's mission trips and medical missions out there all over. But I want to make sure I can still have that relational chain, like relation behind it and not just focus on the medical need. And that's what, I mean, it's a God thing for me that I was introduced to Katie because that is her whole belief too. And just knowing like we have that same passion and we're how many hundred miles away? Didn't even know I think know a few her. thousand, right? A few thousand. It's got <laughs> Multiple <laughs> Give or take. Yeah, and and when I first got introduced to her through our mutual friend who actually kind of runs the ground here with Camp Hope, she said, you know, you are going through a lot of the same things that I know my dear friend in Latvia went through before she moved there, and I really think you should come to Latvia next summer, and that didn't cross my mind, and then it happened, and we just started linking up together. Anything else you want to talk about with Latvia? Um... Of course, in between here and there, between the camps, I had opportunity to see the countryside, and we were really close to really cool areas, and I like touristy places, and she was really great to take me to those places for even two hours. It was only a couple hours in and out, because we had to get to the next camp in time. It was really neat. Um, We went to the Baltic Sea, so I can check that off, you know, if you want to say I could check it off my list. But I'm going back anyway, so no nice. big deal. Oh, <laughs> uh, when are you going back? Hopefully next summer. Um, I would love to go ASAP. Katie sure, actually sure. has a really big event um, in September where it's, equi- if you've heard of Tim Tebow's prom night where he does prom basically for kids with disability, it's kind of the mm-hmm. same thing. But she's teaming up with some people over there and they're making it happen. And I'd love to go back for that. But I don't know if that'll happen. (laughs) It's a lot of flight time. (laughs) A lot of flight time off from the new position that I'll be switching to and won't happen. But my goal, um, my goal is to be back in the summer for more than two weeks. So I'll have the opportunity to hopefully spend more time with Camp Hope and do both weeks where I can get the relational piece with the teenagers and the kids that I was with again and then spend some time with her, Katie some more do you want to take this moment to kind of shout out to that camp and let people know where they can find more information if they want to join you 
Maybe. Yes. So if I can't pronounce some of the words in the towns where it was Bobby's from. Bobby's our Oh, I also want to hear your Latvian that you were kind of <laughs> speaking before we got on the air. Oh, uh, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> is it Latvian? Do Latvian. They have their own? Latvian, yeah. Man, that's they crazy. I know. That's what I said. Yeah. They're all culture, man. They're, they're so proud of. Another thing, sidetrack, squirrel, sorry. Um, <laughs> that's how this podcast goes. We love it. It's the best part. I'll come back and shout them out. Don't worry, Nate. But uh, this, the weekend we flew in, the weekend I was there, Saturday, no, Sunday. Um, I flew in Saturday. Sunday was a huge parade. And every five years since they've been free, um, it, out of the 100 years, um, kind of meshed together, every five years they have a huge parade where every little village, every count, like what we would call county, town, they all come, all the cities, they all come to Riga, the capital, and they have this massive parade. And Katie and I got there at 2.30 when it started, and we left around 6.30, and it wasn't over until 9 or 9.30 that night. And it's just everyone in their, all their outfits are handmade and their music, and they're so proud of where they're from. Even the littlest town in that country, they had a representative and they're just they're proud of it and you walk through they walk down through the center of city and everyone's screaming and shouting and they're just so proud so why were they doing that parade they're celebrating their independence so oh so it, it was like their independence day while you were there. no 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 oh, their okay. independence um they have two different times i believe it's in november and april Independence and freedom, which is crazy because CrossFit Mayhem, they have freedom and CrossFit Mayhem independence. <laughs> what if they have a Always lobby and basis? linked back to CrossFit. I swear I to know. God, man, it never stops. Also, Bobby gives me hell when I wear a American flag bandana. <laughs> like These people are marching down the street, and I'm like, hell yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I'm all, don't get me wrong, like, I'm all about American pride, but I saw what it's like to not have your freedom and how much more prideful that can look like and that's what's that's what's really changing like you've got to you can support your country support your culture absolutely 100% I'm not knocking that but there's a difference when you don't know what it's like to not have that freedom and I got to see that with every single individual I met over there and they didn't even have to speak that to me I can you can see it you can feel it it's it's a raw emotion raw I forget where I was I want to hear your Latvian. Oh, your shout out. Oh, my shout out to the camps. In Latvian. In Latvian. Latvian. Well, I can't (laughs) say, like, I don't know how to say camp, whatever. um, Camp Hope is in Smilting. Um, (laughs) That doesn't sound Latvian (laughs) at all. I I don't know how to say the other ones. Well, Seriba means hope. Um, So the kids with disability, um, um, the camp with disabilities is run with the children. Um, her name is Dotse, and I don't know how to say the camp, but it, I believe it was, Seri- yeah, it was Seribu Planeta, and basically it's just hope for the world. Yeah, that sounded good. Yeah. Good. Planeta, I was able to figure that one out. Seribu. Shout out Spanish grade eight. Planeta. <laughs> That's because your wife's like fluent, right? That. Maybe. <laughs> Possibly. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> and you said um you said thank you at the dinner table. Paldias. Paldias. There you go. No, Paldias. It's oh, like Paldias. Pa, I have a whole list of words if you want me. Danka. Yeah, of course, man. I don't. I didn't know that Latvian was a language. Oh, mm-hmm. for some of our maybe um, 
people who don't know, which is definitely not me, where is Latvia? Latvia is part of the, so they call them um, the Baltic states, and it is, it borders Russia on the west, and it is in line with um, Lithuania, Estonia. Oh, okay. It's across the bay from Sweden. Okay. So a lot of people, when they go on um, holiday, uh, vacation, they can go across the bay of the Baltic Sea, and they're in Sweden, and it's a ferry ferry over i think it's wow it's so cool it was more than what i expected i thought it was only like a couple hours and i think i think if i'm wrong forgive me but i think katie had said it was almost a day trip to the get ferry? over yeah Whoa. i mean ferries don't go very fast anyway all yeah, i can think of with lobby is looking over at nate i feel like all the world's strongest men come from they do that region Not of Estonia. Yeah. Yeah. yeah shout out yeah. Christoph Porzingis. and yeah. there yes <laughs> Sports, baby. I'm back in the podcast. (laughs) 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 There's a, um, I think, yeah, in Riga, when you, in the airport, there's a Kristoff. Kristaps Porzingis. Kristaps Porzingis. Superstar basketball player from the New York Knicks. Mm -hmm. There's a, like, statue of him with his imprint hand in the, like, the plaster of the wall. Or maybe it's plaster stone. I don't know what it was. But there was his hand, and Mm. it's, like. Massive. Oh yeah, he's so <laughs> gigantic. Yeah, everyone's. I tried to get my picture with it, but we were in a very rush. Go, 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 go. Gotcha. Do their cars drive the on the? Oh yeah, no, like no, do. not okay. opposite. Oh really? They're normal. They're normal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're the same size that we that we drive. Correct on. me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's only Ireland and Britain that are switched. To I the think other you're side. correct. Australia as well. Australia. Because when I was in Australia, I got scared. Imperialism's a thing. So there's yes. There's that. Yes. Uh, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's just those Britain colonies I think so. ex-colonies and homeland I think you're right yeah side. I could be wrong though so any of our European listeners I'm sorry lots of grace for anyone listening right now too <laughs> yeah get normal people on the other yeah. side of the world <laughs> I would uh, like to start a petition right here and right now on this podcast to adopt the metric system metric system thank please. god me too Okay. Oh We're man, like the new wheelchair notes at work, it puts everything into kilos and centimeters. And Perfect. Like, well, this is great, but at the same time, I don't have the conversion factor in my head Mm-mm. to just. Yeah, I know pounds. Two point two. I type two point in two, like yeah. fifty eight, and I'm like, ooh, that's not the weight that I want. Let me guesstimate again, <laughs> and I'm way off. <laughs> Someone came in the other day, and they were like, "Yeah, I weigh about two twenty. I'm like, hundred kilos. Got <laughs> <laughs> Nailed ah. that one. And the nope. resident was like, "How do you know that?" Or no, it wasn't the resident. It was an observer. I was like, well, you know, lifting. Yep. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to put two blues on the bar, please, <laughs> in a note. That'd be amazing. I'm just tired of having to switch between uh, standard and metric Allen wrenches all the time because I never know which one it is. So, Words. yes, metric all the way. <laughs> having to have a metric and an imperial set for your socket wrench is the most annoying thing in the world. It's called the standard set, bro, because that's how America does it. We, everything's our way or the highway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for that. <laughs> we digress. Wait. Shout out to the other camp because I can't leave them out. Let's do it. The um, adults with disabilities, it was Wings for Wheels, but Mm. I don't know how to say that in Latvian. I have a picture of it, but I won't try to attempt it. We'll post it on the Dopaminers page. Nicole. Yes, Bobby. (laughs) Soon to be ex-co-worker. Yes, this is correct. So tell me a little bit about what's next for you. I am going to the school system, uh, so I've worked with adult neuro with sheltering arms for five years, and I feel like 
my heart has always been with kids and I, a lot of, like my close friends know this, but not everyone in the company knows, but I've worked part-time for a pediatric private company for three and a half years. And I knew it was going to happen someday that I'd make the full-time switch. But this really was just more confirmation for me, make the change now, because I, long-term, and this could be five, this could be 10, this could be 15 years down the road, I have no idea. But long-term, my goal is to be overseas doing more OT mission work that what that looks like now is goes in 500 different directions and in order for me to start working on that I need more than a week or more than a two-week vacation and using my own personal time like we said like the comment I said earlier like I feel like it's my purpose so it didn't matter that I'm going over there for two weeks rather than going to the beach for a week to me that's it doesn't even come close to comparable for like it doesn't compare at all because my heart is in that route. So right now, I am get the chance. I'll have summers off so I can go and do longer trips with being in the school setting. Sounds a lot like when we were talking to Dana, talking about Camp Bruce McCoy, and it's the most stressful week ever, but it's his time off. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to be doing in the school system for uh, people who may not know? Um, with OT, schoolwork, PT, and speech, I mean, you're focused on solely just the child's performance of school. That's their occupation. Um, their occupation is going to school and play and you take away the play they're at school so what is it that they need modified adapted for them to participate and be 100 percent in with schoolwork attention in the classroom ot we're doing a lot of fine motor you're learning your fine motor skills preschool and uh, aging up into primary school so if you're having handwriting issues and that's just basic. Like, that's the basic stuff that I know goes a lot deeper than that, which I don't know all of it yet because I haven't done it. So I'm excited to see. I, I know I'm kind of going into it with no expectations at the same time. Like, yeah, we learn about it in school and like, OK, the difference between what type of therapy you're doing in the nursing setting, the nursing home setting, the inpatient rehab, outpatient rehab, school setting. We know the common differences but i know it's a lot deeper than the little things sure so this is where i get to talk and bobby and nate have no idea how familiar are you with like augmented communication and alternative communication and all that, that stuff? Hey, you talk like i don't friend. know anything <laughs> i didn't say that i just said you're not familiar I mean, with I, it. I my dear friend spencer so ironically that you say that the middle school that i am going to be placed at has a lot of that um need for the technology, lower level functioning children with the needs for that technology. And I have a little bit of that background, not a hunt, not tons, but I'll definitely be reaching out some, reaching out to some vendors. Yeah, from what I've seen, you and the speech therapist work very closely yes. to get all that stuff to, yes. to get up and going. Do yeah. you know any of the speech people there by chance? No, not, not, not right now. Got it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. That stuff is um, is challenging. So, like, my role in that is to, you know, provide it for you guys if you guys order it or whatever, but then also to help integrate it into the wheelchair if that's the case. But then after that, the rest is up to you, to how you set it up and how you do all that. And that's what I think is the most interesting. Do you have any kind of experience doing that? Not to, like, put you on blast. Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's wild. How closely do you work with the therapist from, like, children's at your school? Like, or how Children's hospital? Yeah. I don't think at all. They're no not. I, I mean, this. I might be totally oblivious to this, or 
I don't as you far as I know. Yeah, 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 yeah I but know. I don't I think there's any relationship. Just like I you can work you work close to um I guess you could say you can have a good relationship with those therapists, but it's it's not required. Like you would ha- I would have to seek it out and say if they're going to children's or an outpatient clinic a couple of days a week, I want to have a communication with that therapist. I don't know if that works or not. I'll find out. I know with private care it does because I worked for a company that we did that. We often communicated, or they do. We often do communicate to the school OTs on what we're working on at home and how to translate it or transfer it into the school system too. But hands up, like I can only focus on school stuff. And from some mentors that have been in this business, private and school setting, they they tell me like it's it's tough it's really hard to see that difference because you want to do so much more but you can't you're only limited to the school setting and i don't know what all that looks like yet going in blind in a way aware of it but totally so new to you like yeah yeah Yeah. totally new so if we were talking about like pt when you say it's limited to school i can i can kind of see more so what i'm trying to say is where occupational therapy is kind of broader and very involved in school work. Right. How does physical therapy fit into that equation? Okay. Not sure, but from what I've seen, um, when I did some shadowing way back when I was in undergrad, actually. The um, late 90s. <laughs> <laughs> no. Shout out P. Diddy. <laughs> 2000, we're talking 2007, 2008, 2009. Shout out Little Wayne. <laughs> hey. When I did shadowing opportunities to get ready for grad school, for OT school, um, I was at a school for two weeks during a um, Christmas break. And they had, so the times may have changed from this too, they had a classroom, like they had a rehab classroom, and that's where we took the kids and did any fine motor work. They were on the floor, they had mat, they had, it's all sensory equipment in there really so they were doing a lot of sensory need work which is my niche and that's where the pts were focusing now i don't know if it's changed legally but in my interview for the um, position they told me you don't have like your own little place to go it's all inclusive and that that touched me like in a very good way because i am all about inclusivity i do a special needs ministry at my church and i had that up so it's it is all inclusive i don't really believe in segregating a child from the typical functioning classroom when that's that why can't they sit there and learn and have some adaption you know why why do we have to separate us so I don't know if that legal standpoint changed or if that school that I shadowed was just they had the opportunity to have their own room and did the therapy outside of the classroom I don't know what the what it was yeah, especially when you consider um, working on IEPs and all that stuff, right. and how you can specialize in how to get or um, individualized education plans. Yeah, how you can set all that up for people. That's yeah, gonna make it way easier to have all mm-hmm. that inclusivity that you're talking about. Yeah, and that's just when you want the best. We want the best for all our patients, no matter where they're at in their life. But same for the school setting. You want everyone on board for the same thing for that child to function at its best. I just got hung up thinking about pediatric therapy because I'm always rolling around on the mats with my adults and everyone thinks it would be a great transition for me to peds. But I know that my feedback style 
might be a little bit too direct for a kid. I don't know if the kid. babies could handle you. <laughs> I probably couldn't handle them, but what's going to be different for you going from adult neuro to pediatric? I'm Like, not what different hat do you have to wear? Different face or something's got to be different, right? There's got to be a difference, but... And I, <laughs> I kind of treat my adults. I'm very... I'm a very bubbly, fun person. <laughs> very um i don't want to say small no i don't want to say immature what's the right word i'm very i bring youthful youthful and i bring youthful exuberance a lot of juvenile (laughs) shout out juvenile i bring a lot of fun and like sarcastic funny things to the table with my adults where yeah i'm serious at points i have to be and especially with the really hard conversations of where you're at i get that i'm very serious there and i may be too emotional sometimes where i might show it when i shouldn't be showing it and that's just who i am so for people to tell me you need to control your emotions i just want to tell them i'm sorry that's who i am but comparing i feel like i'll fit in with the kids really well because i'm like a big kid myself and I feel like I You're can. like an average size kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Five foot tall. It's perfect. So what you're saying is Bobby's the hard ass and you're the fun one. Mm. I don't know because I was just having this talk with our resident and she was like, I forget how she worded it. It was pretty much that our session was very lighthearted. Me treating a bunch of very chronically afflicted individuals in the worst point of their rehab. And we're still goofing around and laughing. And you still have so much fun. Yeah, because, I mean, it's going to be the same thing for your kids. That maybe the best part of their day is their friend, the therapist. Right, right. And I I don't... It's going to be a different hat, yes. I think I have to realize I can't get too... See, I feel... I feel torn with the whole... You can be 100% compassionate and you want to support and be emotional with every like you pour your heart and soul into every single treatment but i'm afraid i'm gonna get attached just like i do with a lot of my adults i get attached to them as a person because i'm building such a relation with them like we see our people for three months or even more there's not many people that we see for two three weeks we are constantly building a relationship with them and i'm afraid i'm gonna build a stronger relationship with the kids because i see them the entire year and then the year after that, and the year after that, when they're in this and they need that continuous therapy, I might see a kid from four years old the whole way up till they are 21 years old. I might only see a kid for one, one school year. I don't know, but I'm afraid I'm going to get too attached relationally. And this just makes me think about a dinner we had with one of our coworkers because Erica and I don't have kids, but the swim banquets, the the our coworkers kids were mm-hmm. finishing up their swim year and they found out their coach wasn't going to be their coach next year and apparently half the auditorium just lost it and they were crying yeah. versus you that you're going to be their coach their therapist for years it could be like i said from four the whole way to 21 if that's their need we meet them where their needs are and how long that need is i mean that's tough but at the same time that's also such a compliment you know it's a beautiful thing to yeah have that but it's it's one of those things where i th- i think it was a a blessing you know when people are like oh it's a blessing and a curse to just be too nice or you and i have actually had this conversation before about some people yeah it's it can be but i don't 
I think I did look at it in a negative light Mm -hmm. when I was younger. And as I've grown up and as I've gone through different stages, I wish I was more like that. Mm -hmm. Where not even seeing the... It's not that they don't see the negatives. They just don't see it as an option almost. Mm -hmm. They're just like, I'm just going to go with the positive and that's what's going to happen. And if it doesn't, I'll just readjust. And it's like their livelihood is just so much better because of that, because of the way I wish I could be more like that is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Cause I feel like it would make my life easier where I sometimes tend to have this type a personality that Bobby and I talk about where we just fixate on one thing and we're like, okay, I'm going to do this and it's, this is what's going to happen. And you know, this could possibly happen. So I'm going to freak out and get scared by it and not take a risk or not do this or whatever. I just wish I had more of a positive outlook about that. And I think that when you're, when you're that nice and that compassionate, yeah, sometimes it's going to sting a little bit, but 99% of the time it's so worth it to be that invested in the kids and the kids are happy to see you or your patients are happy to see you. I mean, uh, back to Bobby's point, yeah, man, you'd be a great pediatric therapist. You'd be a great therapist wherever you go because you're passionate about what you're doing. Same for Nate and obviously same for Nicole as well. I mean, you just just have those personalities where you're compassionate and caring. Nate, we're all about inclusivity and I want you to know that I think you're going to be a great (laughs) therapist too. I so appreciate that. Thank you. I feel very confirmed and included you should it's all about inclusiveness <laughs> i think we're sitting at a table full of people who use compassion as we are very first yeah the four of us are very compassionate people yeah so you're in good company how do you draw the line though between two <laughs> do you draw the line i haven't learned is that there yet. a line there's a line and i cross it every damn time <laughs> am i allowed to curse on this yep sorry i did it before <laughs> is you damn a word. curse though i mean nope <laughs> i cross it almost every time and in my head, I think, okay, no, don't get attached. Don't do not do this. And then I'm like, no, that's who I am. I can't fight it. It is what it is. One day, maybe I learn. Who knows? So as the, the outsider, let me ask all three of you this question. Do you honestly think that it's a negative to be attached? We'll let Nicole go first. It's a negative to yourself in a way of how will I, when I let that person go, if, I, if we're talking like discharge, if we're talking, talking that type when I discharge you, I still care about you. I still care about your recovery. I still care where you're going. But I'm no longer going to see you anymore. And I don't know if you're going to follow through with what I taught you. And unfortunately, you get a lot of people that don't. But then you get a lot of people that do. And some t- both sides of that, pop- like both those types of people come back to the clinic at some point And you see them. And hopefully we can pick up and keep going. It's negative for my own heart, but at the same time, that's what drives me. So I don't think it's, I think my, it's more positive for me because that's just more of where my heart is. Because I'm striving for more and more of that relational peace. And that's why spending the time I did with Katie, oh my gosh, I can see it so much in her. Bobby? I mean, I feel like when we talked about burnout, this was my burnout point that I get too attached to people and then I'm spreading myself between, you know, let's just say five to 500 patients, whatever it really is. And I'm trying to devote 100% of myself in that many slivers while also giving 100% of myself to my wife and me, you know, treat yourself. But at the same time, I don't know, I feel like with my population specifically, from day one, I'm trying to become more like a care partner in that I'm teaching them to be more self-efficacious or self-efficacious, I should say. 
teach them self-efficacy. There it is. <laughs> Nate, you were waiting. I was like, hey. no, I'm gonna I mean, no, 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 self-efficacious is a thing. Leaving it in. Yep. <laughs> so I teach people to be more self-efficacious. Again, if I'm spreading myself real thin with a bunch of people at once, it's going to put more pressure on me than on those individuals, which is hard to handle. Like, At some point, that's the suffering that I accept as a rehab professional. So we've had... Dana, we've had Nicole. I mean, all of us, we talk about how this is our calling. It's not just a nine to five. Like there is no work-life balance because they're the same thing. You know, one of my, a, a dear friend, I mean, he's a patient, but he told me that another patient that we know very dearly passed this week. And is it appropriate to lose it in the clinic? Probably not. But I had that moment with my patient and I put myself out there. I don't know how you could be unattached and care for people each day. I mean, sometimes I'm jealous of my younger brother because I know he has a job that's based in numbers. I love numbers. I love the math, the maths. <laughs> but at the same time, there's no face to it. And I think that that's what I need. So at the same time, like, I need to be attached. It's good. It's bad. But it is. Boom. Mic drop. Good Roasted. answer. Nate. Um, one of the things from all of our guests that I've been trying to look for, especially it's a little bit selfish because I want to be a good therapist eventually. But one of the things that I always try and look for is what are the commonalities between the people that I think are the best therapists? Um, maybe not always the most conventional, but I think the ones that are most interested in their patients outcomes. And the one thing that's the common factor is always how much they care about the person, not about, you know, professional development or their, uh, their home life necessarily. Sometimes those do take hits um but about the person that they're treating and i really have come to believe that that's the best way to go i realize that everybody has their own different style um for treatment and and for what they want out of their work life but i personally believe that uh caring is has to be the base of Absolutely. the pyramid and on a very personal note, if I don't care, I know that I don't give a best my best effort. Mm -hmm. uh, I can fake it until I make it to a degree, but I don't think anybody gives their best effort if they don't care. And kind of like what Dana said, things that Bobby have been saying, and uh, Spencer, and today Nicole, everybody's had the same line. Yes, it hurts, but you might suffer a little bit mm -hmm. And in the end, you'll be happier for it knowing you gave your full effort. It's that much more rewarding. Exactly. And you, we see, and you probably, you may even see this in school already, but you see who has the compassion and how that's driven for types of treatments versus the ones that are just there. That's my six or eight hours or whatever I'm going to put in. And then I'm gone. You know, we see that. And you see it very easily. You can pick it out of the people that care and don't care but sometimes they just need that spark too yeah. that's the other thing is you know, maybe you they're burnt out you know the, maybe well, they're going through something personally and their their focus is i gotta get out of here you know we don't know everyone's story we're right. all going through some well f like I've, I'm, I've said this before but the brain injury camp for me i mean every I, bobby and i said this before you you always everybody thinks they want to be a sports therapist they want to go into sports they want to work with top level athletes and then you see something that just changes your mind and it just ignites something in you and you're just like all right well now everything's changed and i'm going at this 100 miles per hour and they might not have had that yet too so mm -hmm. if you're just if you're a student don't get discouraged you just got to find your yeah. niche and then go after find it. it and that be 
accept that that niche could change too. That was going to be my, actually, my question for Spencer. Because you say you're an outsider, but you're not. You're one of the biggest insiders in the industry that I personally know. Even though Because Nate niche. doesn't know anybody. I mean, he's he's kind of a nobody. <laughs> I'm trying to give a compliment. <laughs> uh, although that's very true. I don't know anything or anybody. So there's Nate, that. Nate nobody. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> um, but your niche has changed recently. And for very good reason. And you're been fairly successful though i know it's been hard and frustrating to get there um how do you find your passion in your current role as opposed to maybe what you were doing before compared to the rehab tech is completely different completely different so now i'm more so in the or in the getting new chairs and providing new chairs which is very exciting and i thoroughly enjoy doing that because i get to order what i want i get to provide them with what I think is going to help them the best and help them be successful in whatever they're trying to do with the equipment. And that's very fun. It's just a different type of passion because I see them, you know, once for the evaluation and then I see them maybe two or three months later, depending on how long it takes to get the chair or the parts to them. And then after that, you know, we don't see them unless they call, like there is a follow up to make sure everything's going well, but you don't see them again. So it's, it's a different type of fashion where you're not seeing them as much, but while I'm ordering the equipment and while I'm making sure it works and while I'm putting it together, you know, it's, it's for shorter spouts, I should say. It's more intervo- intermittent where it's, you know, very passionate while I'm getting it going and then I might not see them anymore. And yeah, I hope they're doing okay, but I'm not just going to call and be like, Hey, you want a new wheelchair? <laughs> you know? So it's just, it's a different style. I would say, man, I just want to spin it back to that whole hurt thing, like chasing the hurt or we know it's going to hurt, but that's what we want to do. Mm-hmm. So, Nicole, you can kick me under the table or tell me to cut this or whatever you want. But you know a lot about what I've gone through recently. And Mm -hmm. then I know what you've gone through since I've moved to Richmond. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel like that suffering or that hurt outside of work kind of pushed you to do better at work? It does propel you. It does propel you to want to do better because personally you're going through a struggle but if you sit home and you wallow about it and you be in your own pity and suffer through it, oh my gosh, pity me, pity me, I'm going through this change and this other life hurt, it's just going to make it worse. Surround yourself around the community that lifts you up, and that's going to look different for everybody, but also hopefully, like what I've experienced, I have a really strong community of people that I work with, and a lot of those women got me through some personal things that I was going through a couple years ago. the My church community got me through those things, and it made me be a better therapist because I could relate on a very different level. I mean, it would come up in conversation just sharing stories and being general conversation. Sometimes things would come up, but it also gave you a platform to kind of relate with somebody and then still do treatment on top of that. What are you smirking at? <laughs> Uh, nothing. <laughs> what? Because I threw that out of left no, field. No, that's fine. I don't know. I just. How do you feel that it's gonna? What your some changes? I mean, that's the tattoo that's on my left pec. It's yeah. all based in that suffering is the greatest spark for creativity, mm-hmm. or that suffering bonds us better than anything. You can either take it and accept it, and run with it, and let it do the cha- Let it change you good and bad because it's going to be messy but it's also so beautiful at the same time or you can not take it and suffer with it 
you don't want to be on that end suffering with it and not doing anything good for it. That yeah. kind of sounds like what Spencer was getting to earlier with the mindset that he was talking about. Um, about either just being positive, finding something to work for, being that positivity, or man, wallowing. you're gonna hit me. I was just listening to a CrossFit podcast oh, earlier. Here we go. Here we go. Chasing excellence. Embrace the suck. Ben. No, it was about like people who are training for triathlons and stuff. They're told <laughs> that if you're hitting the wall and you're about to die, you find a volunteer and you smile at them because, like, intrinsically, just smiling is going to propel you to do what you wouldn't have done otherwise. It's like, hmm, so the next time I'm in a workout, embrace the suck and smile a little yeah. bit more. That's right. I will, uh, on a very real note, played sports as a kid and still do, still compete. And I will say that... Still a kid, still walks around like a big drunk baby. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All the time. <laughs> I will say that I do think the sports are a good first step in figuring out how to be uncomfortable and mm. push through it. But it's only a first mm. step. The mental part of it is way harder when you go through something that's a little bit more personal and something that hurts emotionally as opposed to just, you know, mm -hmm. I'm sore today and I don't want to work out, that's different. Mm -hmm. But it's a good way to, I think, relate to the emotional side where you still have to go to work, you still have to get up, like life moves on, you're hurting, but, you know, it's okay. You still have people you have to serve. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's not like we're at work all day, like wallowing and crying with our patients. I right. mean, those things kind of happen sometimes, but at the same point, it's just the connection. So you like, have a there's somewhere yeah. where you can connect. And if you can share a story, that's just another way that I personally look at serving and helping somebody. I I think know, that's kind of just spinning it back. and I'm cutting you off. Sorry, but Nate, nobody, but not offended. <laughs> <laughs> Attend a podcast once or twice, but then we'll let you talk. Oh, oh this is my thrice at least time. he's here on mine. True. <laughs> but kind of going back to what you were saying with being in Latvia and appreciating things that we don't normally see, that spins back to what I'm talking about with, you know, my tattoo that's right. on my chest based on a specific part of this book or this tour. And it was the idea of how suffering unites us. And it's like, you know, you have always grown up with Fourth of July as hot dogs and fireworks. Right. And these people right. appreciate something that you take for granted is what you're pretty much saying, right? Yes. So for us I to say, for 100%. like, how much do you connect with somebody if you're like, you know, raise your hand if you've been to Hawaii or raise your hand if you have a Jeep. Eric, I still want to get a Jeep. But those <laughs> things are so superficial. But if you say, like, raise your hand if you know somebody who's, you know, passed because of cancer. Raise your hand if, like, your mom has this diagnosis or something. Right. Those people just kind of link together. And mm -hmm. a lot of them end up in rehab. No, like, in rehab school, like, <laughs> in graduate study programs. <laughs> Maybe in rehab, I don't know. But at the same point, like that connection that you build through it, like what you do with those people and what we do with our patients, that's the personality that gets attracted to our career path. Yeah. There's, you have to identify who you are and use that. I mean, obviously you identify who you are as a person. You're going to hopefully find your, what you should be doing. But that helped me. Like I identified very early on, I want to, I'm going to be an OT. And I'm going to OT school. I Did I think it would take me where I am now? Not at all. No. I didn't think I would be thinking about OT and mission work. Do you think you were going to be doing a lot of toileting and coloring books? <laughs> Sitting at a desk. You have the best desk <laughs> job I know, girl. <laughs> yeah. A lot of toileting. <laughs> what's, your, uh, what's your worst poop story? Oh, poops. Hmm. <laughs> professionally obviously okay 
Sure. <laughs> Darn, I was kidding. <laughs> so I got a squatty potty. I got a squatty potty. <laughs> and my best friends have squatty potties, and they're great. No, um, I, uh, early on, early on, I was maybe a year at maybe. It's always s- early on. <laughs> it's right at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, but it can also happen now. Who knows? But um, I was transferring a total assist, so I should not have been doing that by myself. <laughs> And I was, and that was a bad rookie OT mistake. And the individual had a brief on because they were incontinent, um, bowel and bladder. And the brief, so we were going from the bedside to the wheelchair. And I had it set up perfect. It was wonderful. I removed the armrest, but I did not remove the ex- um, brake extension. The brake extension. <laughs> I'm here for something. (laughs) (laughs) So as soon as I get them like from like a little bit of a squat pit, not even a squat pivot, they were total assist. It was terrible. And we get from uh, maybe an inch, we moved an inch from the bed to towards the wheelchair. And I thought, what's stopping us? (laughs) I know this is heavy work, but what is in the way? (laughs) And then I did like a full like posterior lean and pulled them up a lot with me to try to get them over but we were stuck and it tore the brake extension tore the brief on the bottom and stuff fell out (laughs) 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 and i screamed and leslie uh an ot that still works with us at the company (laughs) i screamed like help (laughs) and leslie happened to be walking by and here she came in to help rescue me (laughs) Worst pinata ever. <laughs> yes, a big pinata <laughs> fail. <laughs> oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. Those Man, are the I can't wait till we get an orthotherapist or someone who doesn't work in inpatient rehab and they give us a poop story. <laughs> yeah, because it happens. Does. I mean, it has to happen. There's no way it doesn't happen. No. It's a beautiful, yeah. natural thing. It is. <laughs> Everybody poops, man. Let all, let's just talk about poop. That's all. Let's just face it. We do it. Why not? Make so, it fun for therapy. <laughs> So you where you came from a neurological hospital working outpatient for five years. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? What what'd you do there? You know, what kind of technology did you use there? Stuff like that. Yeah. So we use a lot of um, a lot of assistive technology for the upper extremity, the arm. Um, we don't have robots per se. They're spring loaded technology, um, and Holcoma is a pretty wide or large, I should say, large company that provides a lot of the technology that is out there for recovery, um, specifically neurological recovery that we're dealing with. And so we have a spring-assisted device that helps with active assist range of motion um, to increase the neuroplasticity and the healing of the brain and the repetitive movements and the functional movements behind it. And it's very interactive and you're playing a virtual computer game at the same time. What Um, kind of game? Well, you could pop balloons and be a flying robot. (laughs) Or you could be a flying robot that looks like Iron Man and catch coins like Super Mario. Infinity War just came out. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out the Avengers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We have a lot of electric stimulation technology um, with Bioness. They're a great company that provides the really intense technology or really intense stimulation. Um, We even used some low-level frequency technology for electric stim that people can buy for home it's 25 dollars, and it's a low it's a much lower frequency rate 
compared to bioness higher frequency higher everything not going to get technical i might not even know all the technical terms but <laughs> what a hertz self-awareness does. yeah yes. right <laughs> what's the hertz and what's the amp and all that but it's you know you anything technology we are what in the nation that has the most technology in the region i mean that's what sheltering arms prides themselves at i mean aren't what's we like our stat? the most i don't know i think we're the most in the east coast region and we have that's a big region i was thinking mid-atlantic mid-atlantic i don't know what it is truly i mean we have everything that i could want i feel like i have not to yeah. brag not to brag yeah, humble brag it is humble brag but it's true not to uh, spin it back to the beginning, but what kind of technology did you see in Latvia? All the exact same technology, but really, yes, they had technology butts. <laughs> However, um, they they have the technology. So um, the Arigo is a electric stimulation stepping tilt table, all in one. What do you hit me for? <laughs> if you want to add anything. <laughs> oh, I've never <laughs> seen the Arigo. I mean, I know of the Arigo, but so the I wasn't in Latvia with you. I was here working. No, we have it at South. Humble brag. Yeah. <laughs> we have it at South. It's a tilt table, stepper, all with electric stim, all in one. So it's great. We can use an acute care with new stroke survivors that can't tolerate sitting up and their blood pressure plummets. You slowly build them up, you give them some weight bearing through the stepping, and you get the joints moving, and you get everything going, and then you turn in the stim, and the electric stimulation starts, and then that's just even better. So we have that, and I believe we are one of two hospitals in the United States that have it. Is it that rare? Jeez. I know Someone can fact check the heck uh, out of this one. Please. Because if I'm wrong, it is totally okay. I accept that fully. Someone can come and be like, Nicole, there's like 10 of them in the United States. That's fine. Do it. Or 10,000. But like we have one and <laughs> we, have we one. And use no, it appropriately. Yeah, it is. Um, I should call Christy and ask her. She'll know. <laughs> but um, I, I know Christy. it's. <laughs> hey, Christy. <laughs> I know it is very rare um, for hospitals to have it. And the i was so fortunate to my very last full day in latvia i got to go to the inpatient rehab facility um that is in a town um on the shore of the bay of the baltic called vivery vivery yes i think vivery and um it's a full inpatient hospital and they have from pediatrics the whole way through adults and they have specialty floors. And they have hippotherapy, don't they? Have hippotherapy. You posted yes. this, and I was. Like, I Whoa. was shocked beyond shocked. They, I, the woman that took us around, she's twenty, she's twenty-eight, twenty-nine. She's right around my age. She's OT rehab director there. And um, shout out Zoya, you were amazing. Thank you so much for all your time. But Zoya, fully, she loves what she does. And she actually, ironically enough, squirrel again, she just got the responsibility of doing wheelchair seating clinic. So, I mean, come on. What are the odds of that for me doing wheelchair and positioning and then going over to Latvia and meeting an OT that is now getting that full responsibility? And just seeing that, that was eye-opening too because it's not different. It's not 
hugely different, but they use their resources how they can. And they're, what resources they do have, they use very appropriately. But, oh my goodness, yes, we still need to, they need to keep growing and learning. And they are so, they want to learn and they do want to, they do want to learn and they really do want to do the best that they can with what they have. But they also are limited, so they do what they can with what they have. Does that make sense? Yeah, I feel like this... I don't know, as the outsider with this experience, it seems like if they're not used to having something and then all of a sudden you have this advanced technology Mm -hmm. being thrown at you, it's just like working with some older therapist or therapist in underserved regions here in the States. Like if no one's ever seen bodyweight support treadmill training, like what the heck are you doing? Why are you using that? Like I can just stand up and walk with them. Even if it's a max assist and I'm gate dragging them. Yeah. In a way like technology. It's scary. Yeah, and technology is great, but at the same time, when you're using the technology, make sure you're still maintaining and you're providing the principles and the foundation of what you're truly doing. Don't get hung up in, oh, let's just use the technology so I can sit back and type and do whatever. No, no, no. Make sure you are still focused and keeping the principles of what you're doing. The principles of neuroplasticity? Is that what? God. Nate, <laughs> we don't have neuro until the spring semester, oh, so I'm going to go ahead and pimp this one out to Spencer. <laughs> no. Yo, I'm not in school. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, man. <laughs> but you, you need to keep, just keep your skill. Don't let te- technology steal your skill. That's the. Ooh, that's a good take. Is that a good one? That's yeah, good. you think of like little kids that just skill. sit in front of an iPad or something and don't know how to do anything beyond it. You can kind of do that in rehab. Like, you can put people on these virtual reality-based games and stuff, and if you don't skillfully if you don't skillfully use it, what are they doing? Right. So, that's pretty cool. You said the iPad thing while looking directly at me, so I don't Baby, know. Baby, no. <laughs> Does MJ have an iPad? What a bougie Heck little... No. Yo. Obviously, <laughs> 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 that part's getting MJ. cut. MJ! <laughs> Oh, Wait, God. no, answer. Does he have his own iPad? I don't know. Answer the question. But you want to know something funny? He can take the phone, open it like this, swipes, and uh, then it's like pictures, and then just starts taking pictures. I'm like, you motherfucker, man. See, oh, but. That makes me s- not on MJ. That just makes me so sad for our generations below us. But, we didn't have so that. So I thought Check that this. too, but it's incredible it's how a good thing awesome to learn it is. Early. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's true, Like they actually, on the ATP studying part, is they talk about what age you should give kids power chairs because mm. the old theory Two. used to be, the old theory used to be you don't do it because you wanted them to try to not use it, but now what they're seeing is when they use it earlier, they are more accepting of the technology. They use it better. They're more mm. comfortable with it, and they're more involved with the peers their age because they they're not like oh now I have this big clunky machine. Right. It's no. just there was a <laughs> two year old that saved somebody's life the other day because they knew how to FaceTime. Face that. No way. So, parents, get your children on the FaceTimes. <laughs> yep, wild times. Wild times. All right, mm. so we're going to have to cut it at that last part where Nicole hammered at home. But, uh, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Nate, what'd you learn this week, buddy? Let's get a school update since it's your first time back in a month. Uh, so, I had an exam this week and last week. So, most of it was just, I wasn't learning a whole lot. I'm not going to lie to you. I was just studying for the exam. But I learned great. <laughs> Uh, exam taking strategies such as in a multiple choice question knock out as many choices as, a- as possible and guess between the others <laughs> so it took you I, do, I learned that in elementary yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> it took you until you're 28 years old <laughs> going into a DPT program to figure that well, out well I've never been intellectually stimulated like I've been in a DPT program oh. I've never been so challenged oh humble brag oh. again so 
Uh, okay, no, in all honesty. You ever heard uh, See Your Way Through also? That's something I learned in middle school that no. might help you. Oh, C is all the way down, right? What? If you guess. Yeah, it's just it's, nine, it's just you have a higher likelihood of C being the answer. So if you don't know it, C your way through. I use yeah. that technique for vocabulary. Yeah. That's why I still have very poor tech vocabulary. <laughs> I think your vocabulary is great. <laughs> Thanks. Nate has a great vernacular. We covered this at the restaurant earlier. G R E baby. So says the <laughs> um, Okay, on a very real note, this week we covered the lower extremity for the most part. Mm-hmm. And I well, learned. You guys do it in a different order than we do. What was your order? Uh, we did, we started with the trap and upper back region, but I think we then flipped and we did like arm and abdomen. Oh, very mm. different. So we did. I, I'm pretty sure lower extremity was that. third with us. Maybe even last. Okay. We did upper and then lower. And now, well, we did upper and the back. Then we did the lower extremity front and back. Now we're going to do head to thorax. Yeah, cause I think we did it so that we didn't have to flip it a lot, uh, flip the cadaver a lot in lab. Sure, that makes sense. Hmm. Maybe because of the uh, the condensed schedule this year, they did it a little bit differently. I'm not sure, but we did. Well, the each program's different too. Remember that. Yeah, sure, that makes sense. So, we did the thigh and the calf. Um, Was there a lot of chafing in the thigh? Not for this <laughs> woman. No. No, I meant for you, is, is there a lot of chafing in the thigh? I know what you meant. <laughs> so blunt. <laughs> Only during the summer. <laughs> Figuring out ways to survive. The hill up to school is rough. I park at the bottom of a mile-ish uh-huh. long hill, maybe three quarters of a mile. Uh-huh. Feels like forever. Cardio. Yeah. Yeah. Wakes me up. Uh, okay. So we studied the nerves for the most part is what I'm focusing on. Mm. I'm having, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm having trouble focusing on the muscles. I kind of get it. Like I get it. There are muscles there, but it just doesn't interest me as much as the innervations of the muscles. I don't know what to tell That's you about okay. that one. So I focused more so on the nerves and, uh, didn't realize. So learned a lot about the femoral nerve in the front of the thigh this week. Explain. Okay. So the femoral nerve for Teach those of the you teachers, who come on. may not know comes down uh, through your abdomen through the, well, it starts shotgunning out to your muscles right below the inguinal ligament. So between your ASIS and your pubis, there's an inguinal ligament. Uh, shotguns out and it starts innervating all the muscles in the front of the thigh. And it also sneaks down. There's one particular branch that sneaks down and crosses the knee and innervates the skin on the inside of the knee. But for the rest of it, it crosses. So your sciatic nerve on the back of the thigh is what innervates your hamstrings, the skin on the back of your thigh, and then turns into your popliteal nerve, which splits into your anterior posterior tibial nerve and your, or no, your tibial nerve, superficial and deep tibial nerve. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was going to say. (laughs) (laughs) So that's been really interesting. Um, I'm not going to lie, though. For As far as the muscles go, it's like hamstrings and quads and then whatever else is attached Right, whatever else is there. Whatever, I'll figure it um, out. What's the function of the popliteus? Popliteus mm-hmm. unlocks the knee during your gait. So it goes from extension to flexion. You have that screw home mechanism and it unlocks uh-huh. the knee. Boom, everyone always oh. forgets about PL. But oh, I love that. Uh-huh. Uh, I know that one because I've injured that one before. Yeah. I injured it squatting too heavy. Too when you were waddling. <laughs> That's why I waddle, <laughs> along with other issues. Is that why? <laughs> there, a lot, there's a lot going Multiple on. waddle-wise. There's things on the inside and the outside. It's, just, <laughs> it's a whole thing. So with what you're allowed to say, how was your anatomy practicum? All in all, I really enjoyed having it all at the beginning. 
I like being able to go from lecture to lab. Uh, it helped drive home some of the concepts and um, practical applications later for when we're ortho or neuro PTs. Um, Probably the point. Yeah. I will say that my caffeine consumption has gotten a little out of control. Concentrating for eight hours is hard. Um, 55 cent uh, Red Bulls. <laughs> Coming for you, little. The Overall, I'd say it was it was awesome. We were a little overcrowded this year because we had more people than were supposed to be for each um, cadaver. So the... What's your ratio? We're supposed to have six per cadaver, three on each side. We had... Um, seven on our table, which just kind of meant that there are usually two people out of the rotation just watching. And uh, sometimes for some of the dissections, it got really, really hard to appreciate what we were looking for. And we would have to come in afterwards. You're essentially going to class twice because if you didn't get it during the actual lab, you had to come in later. But that's a really minor detail that doesn't really matter. I think DVC did a pretty good job. Thanks for telling us what you learned. Sure. We were talking about you in the podcast about studying tips. I wouldn't know. I didn't listen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we know. I was we studying. Put in a little uh, gem for you and you failed. No, not even the monkey text. The uh, thing about that you're stressing about the big picture and oh, not appreciating yeah, yeah. where you're at in the process. But I want to know it now. So I'll you tell you. Will in time. Mm. Enjoy See, Nicole this didn't chaos. even listen. She admitted it. <laughs> she didn't even listen. And she's telling you exactly what we said. Yeah. Enjoy this chaos. But I want it now. You will get it now, Daddy. I want it now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And on that. Note, <laughs> All right. Anything else, Nate? Oh, that was uh, Veronica Saul. That wasn't anything sexual. That was <laughs> okay. Willy Wonka. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, now yeah, yeah. I got you. <laughs> Um, as far as school updates go, we have a little two week break here, uh, after next week. I'm super excited for that before we get started in the fall and oh, I'm looking right. forward to the neuro piece. Yeah. I can't wait. We have a few things we have to get through before then. So I will be patient. I suppose. Also, I'm really interested to see what you think your first semester in neuro, cause looking through Reddit and stuff, one person commented about being an orthopedic therapist, training high quote-unquote, high-level athletes, and that if you don't train high-level athletes, the the point was pretty much to the effect of you don't need to know strength and conditioning principles if you're not training athletes and to that stick with what you know. And I was just thinking, man... fire in a if, very hard way, and just I don't want to comment because that's <laughs> what you mean. As a student, you can even acknowledge that, but just like an orthotherapist needs to know principles of neuroplasticity mm-hmm. because that's what's driving change... Mm-hmm. A neurotherapist damn well better know strength and conditioning principles, how they relate to a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. So we can't be masters of all trades, but at the same time, it just seemed like a really, you know, ignorant has its own connotation in America, but it was really ignorant. Ignorant. Yeah, it was ignorant. Like, (laughs) you have to appreciate both sides of it. Like, it's a neuromuscular system for a reason. So... I don't know. For you being a big old meathead, can't wait for you to get the neuro. One of the things I'm really excited for is uh, learning some of these neurological principles that maybe we can apply on an orthopedic basis because the neurological part's really important. And there have been some really cool things coming out in the sports world using um, hand-eye coordination type training drills to improve athletic performance. 
one of my favorite videos is Braden Holpe, shout out Washington Capitals, using the DynaVision to get ready for a game. That's what I'm talking about, man. Dude goes nuts. And that's amazing. It's incredible. Why don't we do more of that? Um, I agree. Or I can't think of the name. No, not Right Eye. There's some, the system that uh, Kristen Beasley and everyone's using for concussion where it's the lights that engage at different cadences and you have to reach and touch them to initiate it. The on the board, yeah. That's no, the no, 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 not oh. the Dynavision though. It's like little targets you can place in different spots. Oh, okay. And there's a games athlete pulling it back to this, who's a pediatric OT, and she was using it during handstand walk training. Like the light would go, and she'd have mm. to reach and hit it. Dude, that's amazing. It's that amazing. amazing. <laughs> like I want that because it's reaction based. Yeah. And like, really? Like that's amazing. We can do so much better. Uh, that reminded me of another piece of technology this hospital had. Sorry, I keep going back to Latvia. We were trying to get off. Keep going. Um, they have a gate lab with the sensors and the pro, like the little sensors they put the on. The Viacom system, motion mm. and capture. I think so, something of that sort. That was my favorite thing and in college. how come I was blown away at that and they because were. Because you're an OT and you don't walk people? <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. Pew, 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 pew. I do walk people actually some people tell me oh are you a pt now because you're walking my patient anyway um (laughs) i was super (laughs) excited with that gate lab and they like i said oh we don't have one of those at the clinic and some of the other clinics in our organization in our company we don't have that um and i don't even i don't know does the ms clinic have that they have a gate right so it analyzes gate cadence and step length and a bunch of features of gate but it's not motion capture i mean that's it's not the sensors on the body no anywhere. no that's more like research based that's or a pathokinesiology have. service and that that hospital shout did out their rancho <sighs> taught me everything i know <laughs> shout out dr weinstein that was my biomechanics professor oh <laughs> that rehab hospital that I was at they did their own research um case study on it and I took a picture of it, but it's all in Latvian, so I need it translated. But uh, I'm sure the data is very good. Numbers are numbers. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> math is universal. But so that just goes back to they have all this technology and they can use most of it for what it is, but also they just don't have some of the resources to use it as general use, too. You got anything else for him, Bubba? <laughs> all right, Nate, you got anything else? Uh, no, not at this time. Nicole, thank you so much for joining us. We have a gift for you. We have a <gasps> coffee mug. mug. Of course you do. Oh, Re- hashtag rehab real talk. There you go. For those of you that don't know the logo. Oh, wait. You probably know the logo because if you're watching this, you see it. Listening. Nobody but has watched a, this program. I mean listening. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a brain with ear earmuffs. Earmuffs. <laughs> <laughs> for all the times that we swear. Earmuffs. <laughs> Shout out old school. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Thank you, friends. Do and you that's what's for even us? Oh, man. wisdom and t- quality time that we just spent together. Because how long has it been Ooh, since agreed. Nate that I've seen you? What, three years? Two three years? years? And Sorry. I don't get to see Spencer as much as I want to. And mm. I don't get to see Bobby as much as I want to. Nicole, do you have any questions for us? No, but I appreciate what you guys are doing together. Not that you guys are just that close of friends and buddies, but you all have spinning back to it i feel like spinning back is the thing that you might say in this podcast so i'm going to say it but spinning back to it nate you said earlier like compassion has to is number one and you're learning that and you have that as it is already but you guys compassionately coming together to just be real 
and talk about everything else that you guys are going to talk about on your future podcasts and all your previous ones. And you can be as real as you want. Your feelings are valid. Always remember that. No one can take them away from you. Good point. All right. Nice. Nicole Hillard, OT, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. I have no intent to do anything negative to any to anyone. I will only want, you know, more positive things to happen. So I just gotta wake up every day and like express myself and and go attack it. And-